Shalom, shalom, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Pulse of Israel here in our eternal and ancestral homeland, the land of Israel, in our eternal and indivisible capital, Jerusalem, since King David's time. Today, I am going to be speaking with Martin Sherman, a uh, journalist, researcher, analyst. How else would I say, Martin? Head of the Israeli Institute for Strategic Studies. That is even better. Uh, and uh, Martin uh, writes every once in a while um, and publishes articles on uh, issues dealing with Israel, the Middle East. And today I wanted to talk to him about one of his latest articles titled, Israel Must Take and Hold Gaza Indefinitely with the Byline. There is no solution to terror and violence emanating from Gaza except to govern the territory itself. How can you say that, Martin? Well, I think it's just the dictates of logic. Uh, you know, some people say it's extreme right-wing uh, radicalism, and I'm saying it's just good political science. Uh, I'm not sure what has to happen uh, in the future until the penny drops. I mean, we've tried everything with Gaza. We, we tried to negotiate the handover. We tried to force the handover on them. And uh, since uh, Israel has pulled out of Gaza, it's uh, graduated from being a terrorist nuisance to a strategic or a quasi-strategic threat, which has even closed down our, our airport in Ben Gurion. So, uh, you know, I, I once said at a conference a few months ago, I said, you have to apply the KISS principle to God. KISS is keep it simple, stupid. Um, and uh, the bitter truth is that uh, in the long run, there will either be Arabs in Gaza or Jews in the Negev, but there won't be both. Uh, because uh, as the uh, ability of Gaza, the military ability of Gaza, terrorists increases, it's going to become more and more precarious for people living, certainly in the environs of Gaza, and, and, and even further afield. Um, you know, every time the, uh, the Gazans have come up with some sort of aggressive tactic, uh, Israel's found some countermeasure. Uh, and it goes on and on and spirals up and up. For instance, when there were infiltrations, we put up a fence and check posts. Uh, and so the Gazans uh, developed uh, uh, overhead rockets, uh, and uh, so we developed uh, the Iron Dome, uh, and so the Gazans developed underground tunnels. So we put down a gazillion dollar uh, underground, underground and, and, yeah. and above ground barrier, and so the Gazans uh, developed uh, balloons, incendiary balloons. And uh, so we managed to withstand that, so they started with the drones. Uh, and, uh, you know, you don't need a lot of imagination to understand what will happen if a swarm of drones, which even if you have an effective method for shooting down 10 or 20 of them, is a swarm of 50, uh, and some of them carrying some uh, non-conventional oil, either chemical or biological. Uh, you know, it's just, just not going to do, it's just not going to end. And, 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 and I think the, the major flaw in Israeli strategic thinking over the last few decades is trying to 
configure the Palestinians into what they're not. We try and pretend that there's some potential uh, uh, peace partner when basically they're a, 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 um, unmitigated uh, enemy, a bitter enemy, who will not give up his uh, drive to, as a collective, a drive to to get rid of the Zionist entity. Um, yeah, they're, they're pretty clear in teaching their children already in kindergarten about killing Jews and destroying the Jewish state of Israel in all of its entirety. Yeah, well, you, know, you, you, you have to wonder what has to happen until the penny drops, as I said. Right, until yeah, what, Israeli leaders wake you, up and you know, recognize reality. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, just wake up and smell the coffee. Right. You, you know, and, you know, it's, it's, and the thing is, the conflict between, between us and the Arabs is always portrayed as a complex conflict. Right. But it's not a complex conflict. Right. It's a very simple conflict. Right. That doesn't mean to say it's easy to solve, because the, the, the difficulty of the solution is rooted in the brutal, brutal simplicity. It's them or us. You, you know, it's, it's the, uh, the analogy is uh, two cowboys, one with a white hat and one with a black hat, walking down the main street of, of uh, the town. And the one says to the this here town ain't big enough for the both of us. And you know, the, the, the guy who draws first was the guy who'll stay. Uh, and, and, and basically, that, that encapsulates the, the conflict. And you, you know, we, we have these rounds of conflict, and then we pretend we've deterred them. But it's not a real deterrence, because it doesn't break their will to engage. In fact, what we, just, we just allow them some respite to, to regroup, uh, rearm, and redeploy and come back with, with even more capabilities. You know, if anyone had suggested in 2005 with, with the disengagement, if, uh, if they had suggested that Gaza would have what it has today, they would have been dismissed as a right-wing radical, uh, a warmonger, uh, and, and a scaremonger. Well, I can tell you, it's not if. I was one of those people who protested against it in the year 2005, saying, that it's wrong and it's going to be horrible and make the situation even worse. And yes, what back then was very little terror and violence that still affected soldiers and, and, and innocent Israelis would turn into a monster and hence it would be much more dangerous for Israel to pull out of Gaza. And we were called right-wing fanatics. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, the, it's, it's not as if the problem is getting easier to solve with time. Uh, before, when they, when, when they had you know, cold weapons, axes and knives, and, and now they have uh, almost ballistic missiles. They, they, they have long-range missiles, which can reach the center of the tower. You know, what, what, what are we waiting for? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm very uh, uh, despondent at the way uh, the, the problem is being addressed. Right, right. It's getting worse the longer we push it off. So I've been actually talking about this as the solution to bring peace and prosperity to the region, or that we will only have peace for us and the Arabs who live amongst us when Israel is back in full control over Gaza and when we have civilian populations living there because that, that assists the state of Israel and the army to be able to control and stop all, all, uh, all the terror if necessary, if that's the real goal. And I had this conversation uh, at the, uh, the Shabbat, the Sabbath table, um, uh, just this, this Shabbat, and uh, the people who were arguing with me were saying, what are you talking about? That's not necessary. Israel just won the latest conflict with, between, uh, with Hamas. 
just uh, an Operation uh, Dawn. Um, uh, Breaking Dawn. Breaking Dawn, right? Israel just won. I'm like, wait a second, you think Israel won? They said, yes, we stopped them. I'm like, Israel didn't win. You're talking about a, a tiny little terror uh, organization called Hamas, which can tell the world, and the whole world sees, and all of the enemies of Israel see, they succeeded in raining rockets, whether Hamas or Islamic Jihad, raining rockets and doing damage to Israel. Up until the last minute, it wasn't that Israel was able to silence the fire. The, the, the fire stopped because, because of an agreement. It wasn't that Israel imposed its will on, on, on the uh, Islamic Jihad. Uh, they didn't, and, and you know, all, all, what we're basically doing, we're begging the Hezbollah and, and the, uh, Hamas and the Islamic Jihad to coordinate a two-front attack on Gaza with thousands of missiles. We, we're, just, we're just begging them to do it, because right. we're not inf we, all we're doing is inflicting acceptable damage on them. Right. You know, we're not inflicting unacceptable damage. But, you know, I find the, the, the moral argument uh, uh, very difficult because basically people who are preaching to give Palestinians, whether it's in Judea and Samaria or in Gaza, self-determination, are basically advocating the establishment of a homophobic, misogynistic, Muslim-majority tyranny whose hallmarks... Apartheid without Jews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 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 but whose hallmarks will be the persecution of, of, of homosexuals, uh, discrimination against females, and uh, uh, the, the, the harassment of, of political dissidents. Now, why anyone would advocate this in the name of liberal values is, is uh, beyond me. But you know, going back to what you said, I think you have to go a lot, one step beyond the, the, um, the question of Israel taking the, uh, taking the, taking the Gaza. Gaza. Because the question, is, the real question is, what do you do with the Arab population? Oh. And, then, and, and, and the only solution, and I've been saying this now for over three decades, is incentivized immigration, is, is to pay them generous relocation grants and to, and to get them out. Now, people say they won't do it. Well, you know, I beg to differ. If you look at, if you look at, if you look at the uh, uh, Palestinian surveys, you will see that even without tangible uh, tangible uh, uh, incentives on the table, uh, still up to 40% of are prepared to say that they would immigrate uh, permanently. Now, I once did a long time ago a, a, a poll on it in, 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 in Judea and Samaria, uh, which, uh, uh, and, and there we found up to 70% were prepared to say they would leave if they were given different kinds of, of material benefits. But uh, you know, we, 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 we've got to stop uh, the, 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 this timidity. The, 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 the Gaza as a collective, the Palestinian Arabs as a collective, are the enemy. And they have to be treated as enemy. That's not racism. 100%. That's, that's, that's just common sense. That's reality. That's just common sense. You know, and, and we, we keep trying to imagine that they're not doing you know, You keep waiting for the Palestinians to get their act together. They haven't got a different act. That's, That's their, act. their act, the destruction yeah. of the Jewish state yeah, of Israel. Yeah. yeah, as a collective. Now, on, on, on an individual level, I'm sure you'll be able to offer a, a plumber, an electrician, a, a mechanic, a plasterer, a bricklayer, you know, enough inducements to go to, to go abroad and start a better life elsewhere. Uh, you know, you know why not? I mean, if they if they come there and they arrive in in, in other countries, they should, they would be welcomed as. As, as reasonably well-off uh, immigrants, 
and you know, it sounds like a win-win situation to me. Uh, but uh, you know, I think it was Winston Churchill once said, you know, the, the, the Americans only get it right after trying everything else." And I think it's about the same as the Israelis. Right. Uh, I want to focus on two other points that uh, that again the Western liberal mindset gives across, and uh, in in horror to hearing this 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 solution that Israel must retake the Gaza Strip and control the. The, the, the area there in order to bring about peace, not just for us, but also for the Arabs, who are basically, the Gazan Arabs are occupied by Hamas. Uh, the only people who live nicely in Gaza are the point, people who are close to Hamas. Whoever's not close to Hamas is persecuted and has horrible lives in Gaza. So Israel would, would not, not just help Jews, but also help those Arabs who would decide to live peacefully with us. But the, the two points I want to raise, I'll, I'll bring up number one. The Western liberal mindset said, oh no, we can't, uh, we can't offer incentive, financial incentive, to have them move. That's not right. Where, at the same time, they were the biggest supporters of removing Jews yeah. from their homes. Yeah. Do they not see that hypocrisy? No, no they don't. Because, you know, this, this, this is... Destroying a, Jewish communities. This, this, this is so uh, nonsensical. On, on the one hand, you can justify financial inducements uh, to get Jews to abandon their homes, to allow... The, uh, the establishment of a homophobic, misogynistic Muslim majority to remove. But on the other hand, you can't offer financial inducements to Arabs to prevent the establishment of a homophobic uh, uh, Muslim majority uh, tyranny. It, it, you know, it's just mind-boggling. But the, the fact is that the, that the Israeli public diplomacy mechanism hasn't locked onto this and used it as a major, as a, as a major argument uh, to rebuff uh, claims for Palestinian statehood, in my opinion, is is a grave indictment of of, uh, of, of the the people who run the, the public diplomacy department in Israel. Right, right, no, one hundred percent. And uh, the other point, the other point I wanted to mention again, and I this just came up in conversation over over Shabbat over the weekend. They're like, no, 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 Israel can't retake Gaza. The moral price would be too high. Right, because so many in, in potentially innocent civilian Gazans would be killed in a military effort for Israel to retake Gaza. How do you respond to that claim? Well, there's, there's no doubt that retaking of Gaza would involve considerable bloodshed on both sides uh, for, for the IDF as well. Uh, especially and also Israeli citizens, because I imagine when, if we go into retake Gaza, it won't just be a Hamas front, it will be a Hezbollah front, an Iranian front on other sides, other borders. But, but the blame for that bloodshed must be laid squarely at the, at the doorstep of people who advocated land for peace, who, who, who advocated Israeli withdrawal. Because land for peace, every time Israel has withdrawn from uh, territory, it's been used as a platform to to assault Israel, whether it was in Lebanon, whether it was in in, uh, um, in Gaza, in, in Judea and Samaria, where it's where, where it's less, but there's still a lot of terror activity, and we just heard recently how many how many attacks have, have been thwarted, and in Sinai as well, because Sinai is one of the most brutal brutal uh, areas in, in the world, uh, and and I, we we haven't seen the the, the the end of the play there either, because. Uh, you, you know, for, for 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 many reasons, it's at some stage, I don't know if, if Egypt's going to be able to impose law and order there. 
for in, including its, its its brewing conflict with Ethiopia, which is going to siphon off a lot of resources and forces. Uh, and, and and at some stage, uh, you could easily see uh, the whole of the Sinai falling into the hands of uh, Islamist warlords, who would uh, you know, assault our southern border, which is the longest border that we have. So everywhere, land for peace has tried. It's been a resounding failure, and yet people still insist that this is the only formula, and the people who oppose it haven't been able to rebuff it. So then, I'm giving you the platform. Basically, on every, everything you've just told me, it seems like, again, the Western liberal concept of land for peace, definitely in our area, in our conflict, is the immoral solution that just extends the conflict and makes it even worse as time goes on. So what is your argument to those Western liberals to change their mind from leaving behind the land for peace and instead understanding, yes, Israel retaking Gaza, Israel holding on to land is the right solution, not just for us, but anyone who agrees to live peacefully within, within our borders. Well, well I, I, I think the solution is, is to engage them publicly in front of their own audiences. But here I must put in a proviso. This this calls for for a lot of resources. You know, I can come and be interviewed with you, and, and, and but if I want to reach much greater audiences and bring these arguments, uh, you, you need resources. And, and, and I think the answer is with right wing or, or, or the National Camp Philanthropist to to ch funnel funds into in, in, into mechanisms that can that can propagate this message I, I think uh, without that uh, you, you, you you know you can have the best product in, in the world but if you don't have a marketing budget it'll never get out there uh, and, and I think this is uh, much the same you can have great ammunition but if you don't have the artillery to fire it it's going to stay in your storeroom um, so uh, you know and, and I think in many ways uh, right-wing philanthropistic uh, uh, efforts have been misguided. They've been, in many ways, devoted towards things, you know, establishing buildings, setting up synagogues. Um, uh, if, you, if, you look, if you look in Gaza, how many, how many, how many uh, donations there were wiped off the face of the earth in, uh, in, in, in a matter of weeks? And, and, and I think that the right-wing has been lapsed in not engaging the other side in intellectual combat. I think it's changing. You know, I, I think with, with things like uh, um, uh, Channel 14, and uh, even you see a little bit on Channel 13, a little bit, it's also sort of... Really? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, and uh, th th there's more right-wing presence in the, in, the, uh, in the media at the moment. But it's, still, it's, very, it's very apologetic. And uh, I don't think that uh, uh, the writing has been assertive enough and confident enough. You, you know, the, the point of departure has always been arguing with the left rather than presenting their, 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 their own philosophy, their own credo. Because you know, if, if you look at what Israel needs strategically, it needs a short border, it needs topographical superiority. And it needs a minimum of recalcitrant non-Jewish populations within that sovereign area. Now, that's what it needs. It, you, 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 you can't, you, the point of departure can't be diplomatic difficulties. The point of departure must be your strategic goals. 
and diplomatic difficulties are something to be overcome, not taken as, as, as a, a, a immovable constraint. And, and, so, and so I think you, there should be two-pronged uh, approaches. One is a far more right-wing philanthropy going into the war of ideas and, and, uh, and, and far more confidence and, and assertiveness by the right-wing in presenting the case. Martin Sherman, thank you so much for your voice of sanity. And uh, little by little, we are getting the message out there. Uh, at least on the public level, more and more people are internalizing it. Not yet making a difference on the public diplomacy level with our, with our uh, politicians and government uh, officials. That still is an uphill battle to, uh, to achieve. But I do believe we're going in the right direction. And let's just continue on the hard work and praying to the one above that uh, we get the right decision makers in the right place as soon as possible to really end this conflict properly and correctly which will benefit everybody and your solution is definitely um, what I do believe 100% is part of uh, making that happen so thank you Martin okay well thank you for the opportunity always a pleasure and thank you, everyone, for listening and watching to another episode of The Pulse of Israel. I hope you come away with listening to Martin Sherman and his analysis about the one and truly only solution for ending the Hamas terror and violence from Gaza. And share this. This is so important that as many people as possible hear exactly what Martin is saying. And it's something I've been saying in my videos for years and it's wonderful hearing it from his direction as well. So share, share, share this video with everyone possible, and hopefully we can make an impact on the decision makers in the Jewish community and the state of Israel. On that note, you guys know what to do. If you have not yet subscribed to the Pulse of Israel videos, just go to pulseofisrael.com and click subscribe. And if you want to continue seeing these Pulse of Israel programs with the politically incorrect truth that our leaders, that our media, hardly talk about, hardly give the time of day, well, here at the Pulse of Israel, you get it. Click on the donate button every once in a while on pulseofisrael.com to help us continue with this programming to make a difference, which we are making. On that note, I'm going to sign off and say shalom from the eternal and ancestral homeland of the Jewish people, from our eternal and indivisible capital since King David's time. This is Avi Abelow for another episode of the Pulse of Israel. Shalom. Pulse of Israel, frontline videos from the Holy Land. Support our work by donating today.